seems to be putting on weight. <laughs> Mama, I'm going to need another cup of coffee. One minute warning. Thank <laughs> you. 
should be a tough day, I can tell right now. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I find it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ.
and various and sundry other thing, goodies back there. <laughs> oh, are we there yet? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. Okay. So, this is pretty clear that those who suggest that Mary had no other kids, this is Paul's account that James was the Lord's brother. I mean, okay. And then uh, Mark 6, 2 and 3. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is, not this, is this not the carpenter? the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Judas, Jose, and Simon, and are not his sisters with him, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Okay. Uh, you put the Hispanic version there, it's Joseph, not Jose, but that, that's okay. You know, we'll let Jose in, we'll let Jose in. But, uh, yeah. Did he, did he have any sisters that were named? No named sisters. Now, traditions uh, exist, of course, but there are no listing of the sisters' names. And then Matthew 13, 54 through 57. And when he was come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, and so much that they were astonished and said, Whence has this man this wisdom? And these mighty works, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then has this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Okay, so it's pretty well established. Yes scripturally that they recognized Mary as his mother Joseph as they thought Joseph was his father he was actually just a, a, an earthly representation his father was God and he had brothers and sisters and the naming of them lets us know just a little bit we don't know the the sisters' names. Uh, you will read some people that suggest they do. Uh, they don't. <laughs> it's uh, all kinds of traditions out there that have no basis in Scripture. So here we find that it was from the very first century on, it was believed by the early church that this was Jude or Judas the Lord's brother he lists himself as brother of James and we just read the one about James the Lord's brother and so Jude doesn't even play the I'm his brother card he just 
relates to the fact of everybody knew about James and the relationship with Jesus. And we've talked many times about all the Jameses of the Bible. And this was James, the Lord's brother, not John's brother, not some of the James the Less or any of the others. Uh, very specific. The Lord's brother. So there was humility in Jude. He didn't play the I'm related to the Messiah card. Uh, how many of you have ever known people that like to name drop people that they know to make you think that they're very important? <laughs> and what does that do for you? I'll tell you what it does for me. What does it do for you makes when somebody does that name dropping thing? Makes me want a mama. Yeah, I, I, I have a similar <laughs> nauseated feeling. They have to try to pump themselves up by who they know. And then, have you ever been on the other side of this where they, they say, well, uh, you know so-and-so, don't you? Yeah, no, right. I don't. I, I know of them. I think it's insecurity. Yeah, it's, it's insecurity. They're trying to put themselves up based upon their relationship or their supposed relationship to someone else. I've been in some situations where it's backfired on them, where that person didn't recognize them, and uh, I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed that way more than I should. I, I'll just put it that way. But it, it, it's nauseating. Jude doesn't do that. He just says, "You know, I'm, I'm writing to you. I'm, I'm James's brother." So. He encourages the people. He's writing to believers in the first century and encouraging them to earnestly contend for the faith. What does it mean to earnestly contend? You're in, buddy. You're going to hang on regardless. You're, you're, you're in there. You're ready to fight. Uh, what else does earnestly contend for? Honestly. What? Honestly. Honestly, earnestly, sincerely, uh, firmly. I don't know. I, some of my illustrations are way off base, but but do you remember a movie where where uh, someone said I could have been a contender? Yeah. Anybody remember that one? Yeah. You know, I could have been a contender. You know, a boxing movie, and. Uh, was on the waterfront, something like that. And I could have been a contender. And that yeah. they have contenders for the championship. That you are fighting progressively. Okay? A contender. You're in line to keep fighting uh, to win the victory. Now brace yourself. I'll try and pronounce this one. Some Bible words in the original language ought to be just left there. Uh, I'll give it a good shot. Okay. Epa onidzon ahi. Epa adids omahi. And it means to put up a fight. To put up a fight, to 
agonize over something. You're not just concerned about it. You're losing sleep over it. You're agonizing over it. It's not a, a passing, oh, well, yeah, that upsets me, that concerns me. No, you are agonizing. The word, the, the part of the word, uh, the ag, agnosinomai, means to agonize over. You're, you're not just fighting or contending or struggling, but it grips you. You're not an uninterested party. You're in the, the fight, and it just grips you. Situations that people become agonized over. That's what it's trying to suggest in this word, this big word, that all of you will forget five minutes later. You probably have already forgotten. <laughs> but but it, earnestly contend. It's a combination word that you, you're all over it. And you're expending energy and you're struggling with it. Agonizing over our faith. Agonizing over situations that are attacking our faith. <clears throat> and I know we've discussed this many times in this class, but it's an important thing to do. There are things about our faith that are worth fighting for and contending for and not giving up on. Well, you know, what's the big deal? You know, they say this, I say that, the Bible says this. There are some things, folks, we need to earnestly contend for because they are eternally important. And Jude is talking about that people have slipped in to the church and kind of under the radar and have been spewing out teachings and philosophies that erode the very roots of our faith. And he said, you need, to, you need to fight for this. You just can't let this go on. Oh, well, what's the big deal? What's the problem? And some people have that idea, that attitude. Well, why, why, why are you getting so upset about this, Pastor? You know, it's just a thought. You know, it's just a philosophy. It doesn't really get... There's some things that we can just let go when people say something really just plain old stupid, you can just let it go. But when something is eroding the very fabric of our faith, we need to earnestly contend. It needs to grip us. It needs to just kind of all over us. And I have issues all the time. People, what do you think about this? And I tell them, and they, they're not happy that I thought that about that. Uh, you know, why do you feel so strongly? But well, I believe it's eroding the very basis of our faith. And he expresses the these people that are sneaking in uh, because he said, verse four: For certain men have crept in. Unnoticed. What is the King James? How does that translate that? Unawares. Unawares. We're just, they just kind of snuck in 
And we weren't paying attention. They, they said they were Christians. We believed them. But they're spewing out this stuff suddenly. And it's, it's something that God has long-term condemned. But that's what they're teaching and espousing. And he talks about grace. That they're misusing God's grace. And again, we've discussed this many times before. But it's a very important thing to discuss. The concept of extreme grace teachings. Where once you're saved, you're in. And you can do whatever you want. And you can never be unsaved. Why is this, this extreme realm of grace, uh, everything goes... Uh, why is this a problem to the foundation of our faith? Because we're supposed to repent and turn from our sins. Yeah, we're, we're to repent and turn if you don't need to repent, if you're already in. Uh, do whatever you want. And that's what is going on in the very first century in the church. People are saying, well, I've received Jesus into my heart as Savior and Lord, and don't judge me, because I have more liberty than you do. I can do this and this and this and this and this and this, but don't judge me. I'm saved, just like you are. I'm under the grace. I, you know, what are some other problems with this extreme grace philosophy? It's going against the very things that God has told us not to do. It, it, it's, it's going against the very things that God has said, don't do that. <laughs> and and uh, stay away from that. Avoid that. The very things that we read about in the scriptures that will keep you out of heaven. And that will condemn you to hell. You say, yes, but I've got to get out of hell free card. Because I went to it all at one time and I asked Jesus to be my Savior so I can do anything I want. I'm under grace now. I'm under grace. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my hand. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's an important issue. The, the, what are some other issues with this extreme grace that you once you're saved, you can do anything you want to and there's no harm, no foul? Well, it's just stupid. Yeah, well, that's, 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 that's stupid. Yeah, well, common sense ain't so common anymore. Sister. Well, I know there is no yeah, common sense. Yeah, there is no common sense. It's, it, uh, you're basically saying that Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. That, uh, he, he, uh, he died to give everybody a pass to sin. What are some other issues with this extreme grace? You understand what I'm saying about extreme grace? Yes, we, we come under the grace of, we are, by grace are you saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're saved through the grace of God. He didn't have to save you. He chose to save you. And if you received him as your Savior, you are under grace. But that does not give you a license to sin and to keep on doing the stuff. Well, Pastor, all, yes. the, all the 
is teaching you. Stay away from that. You were this, now you're that. Don't go back to that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. How can they come up with something so asinine? Well, that's the very thing that we've we've studied before when we went through the book of Revelation, and we saw that the Nicolaitans were involved in this extreme grace. The Nicolaitans, they were followers of uh, an early uh, leader called Nicholas. Now, Nicholas was cool, way cool. But his followers went a little bit further. And he talked a lot about the grace of God. We have writings and journals and things from Nicholas uh, about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But his followers said, well, once you're under his grace, no holds barred. You can do anything you want because you're under his grace. And they were using it, just as Paul said, as a license to sin. For instance, does it get you when you, we've all seen TV programs or, or shows where someone from an embassy in New York or in Washington, D.C., from another country, commits a crime, okay, and the police come after him. I especially like the old uh, Blue Blood show, and they, they're going after this Russian that, that killed somebody. And uh, so they go up to the embassy and they say, we, we've come here to arrest so-and-so. No. He has diplomatic immunity. Now, diplomatic immunity was never intended to cover up crimes. It was to avoid prosecution for things that other things, but not those kind of things. But, oh, it's aggravating, isn't it? And you just want to smack him around. Because it's just stupid. So this guy has a, I can do anything I want because I have diplomatic immunity. That, that is basically what these teachers, these people, were saying. You're under grace, you've got a license. It's a get out of hell free card, and you can do anything you want and not pay the, kid, uh, the consequences of it. This is something worth fighting for and fighting against. Because, well, well, rather than me tell you, you tell me, why is it so important for us to earnestly contend for the pure faith of Jesus Christ. Why is this a damnable uh, heresy? Because souls are at stake. Souls are at stake. They think, well, I, I, I'm fine. I, I, can, I can do no wrong. I'm, I'm in. Therefore, I can do whatever I want. And I can't be unsafe. Therefore, I'm, I'm cool. No matter what I do. And in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, when Jesus is speaking to John, he says, uh, you, I like, you've got some bad things going on, but I, this one thing I'm happy for, you hate the works and the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also 
strongly disapprove of. No. <laughs> hate. Jesus hates a doctor that says you can do anything you want to. And if you're you're because you're saved, the blood covers future sin. So you can do anything you want to and you're cool. It spits on the blood of Jesus Christ. Why else is it so significant that we need to really fight about this? Earnestly, well, don't fight. Well, earnestly contend for. You can be a contender uh, in this extreme grace area. It ruins the testimony of the church because sinners see it and say, well, you know. I'm, I'm just as good as they are. I don't need to go to church. Yeah, I don't need to go to I, I, yeah. I can be just as bad as they are and, and stay home. You know, get, have a comfy chair. And, and uh, it, it destroys the witness and the effectiveness of the church because there is no reason to change if you can live the same way that you did before you were saved, after you were saved. There's no reason. I mean, it would be stupid. And uh, why, why else is this such a damnable heresy? Jesus hates it, as a matter of fact. Y'all really pretty much ought to stay away from things and teachings that Jesus hates. Now, wouldn't you say? Any other reasons why it's, it's so important for us to earnestly contend and address uh, people that are sneaking in and saying, Ah, Judy and I I'll call it have an acquaintance. The lady is a Christian, and she's married to a man that uh, does not uh, believe in the Lord. And he just recently had a heart attack and went up over the curb, and he was slumped over the steering wheel. And uh, anyway... He's in uh, ICU in Grant right now. And I talked to the daughter, and Judy made the mistake to open up a can of worms <laughs> uh, and, said, and said something about, uh, 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 you know, him not believing in God and holy mackerel, you know. He's a good man. He's a good yeah, he's man. He's a good man, so he's going he's, he's gonna, he's gonna to go up with the Lord, you know. Yeah. He's, but he's out and out extremely expressed that to everybody that there's no God. You know, he's very mm -hmm. there's no Be God. Because God would do some of the let some of the bad things happen that happen, you know. Right. And he's uh he's definitely uh and, and you can't they're, they're Catholic, the they, daughter and they, mom the are kids, Catholic. So they think the kids the love him. So in their eyes, they're gonna wish him into heaven. Yeah. Well, it, you know, that's why it's such a, a, a thing that Jesus hates. There are people that think they're okay because of what other people have said. But Jesus says, it's still sin. I, I, I don't go with that, you know. And if you're deluding someone into, into thinking that they're okay when they're not, you're doing double harm. But here he is, he's laying in a, you know, he's in an ICU with a ventilator, and they don't think he's got very much brain control. 
and there you are, you know, and, you, and we can't get into him, and he can't change, and there he is, condemned. It's just it's bad, bad. And, and I've had this discussion with him several times, and I have to let it go because he gets mad, mm -hmm. you know. Well, the cool thing is that you shared with him. It's in there. It's in there. And as long as there's life, there's hope. And he can reach out and take that seed and believe it. A thief on a cross is just as saved when he calls upon the Lord. And, uh, you know, so, you know, keep praying that he's, he lives long enough to receive, you know, to, to make that decision. And it, it's, uh, but for those that are saying, well, uh, he's, he's fine, there's no problem. It reminds me of that, that old story of the emperor's new clothes. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Remember that old old yeah. yard? Yeah. Somebody tell me the story. It's it's a, it's a great classic. The emperor's new clothes. Okay, I'll tell it. Okay. <laughs> well, the emperor was very prideful, and he uh, uh, he was lopping off the heads of his designers because they weren't coming up with nice enough clothes for him to wear. He wanted everyone to be impressed with his wardrobe. And so he brought in a new guy that uh, he killed off all the others. He brought in a new guy and said, I'd like the finest outfit that money can buy or else. And so the guy, he, I don't know how he convinced him, and he says, I have made this new garment for you out of the finest materials under the heaven, it's invisible. You can't see it, but everyone else can. And he says, well, how do you wear it? He says, well, just, uh, you just you cloak yourself in this. I'll, I'll put it on you. Becky said Joe Biden believed that. <laughs> Put that on you, and you can go out, and and nobody, everybody's going to be amazed. We'll just announce you've got this new phenomenal, uh, heavenly made clothes, and they're just going to ooh and ah. And he says, "Well, what should I wear underneath?" He says, "Doesn't matter because you're going to be covered by this." And so he didn't wear anything. As my grandma from Parkersburg would say, he was naked. He was just naked. And so he goes out, and, and they've made the proclamation. The king is coming to show his new wardrobe that was made with the finest materials. Uh, be amazed. And so he walks out. He struts out. Naked. <laughs> Thinks he's in this. And there's a little kid. He said, Daddy, why is the king not wearing any clothes? <laughs> then the king looked, oh. And the king killed that guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can think that you're covered, but you're deceiving yourself. 
And uh, it's a deception. We need to earnestly contend for the faith. And we need to... People, I, I, I do this all the time with people that, you know, well, I'm sure that they're in heaven. I says, and why are you sure? Uh, I'm, they're, they're, they're fine, you know. They, they believe. They believe in God. Well, have they believed in his salvation? It's not just... <clears throat> what did Jesus say uh, about believing in God? The demons believe it too. Oh yeah. Forgot about that. But you have to believe in. And you have to receive him. Yeah. And yeah, this man he, he visits he visits nursing homes, you know, and he takes them out to eat and he plays board games with them. Mm -hmm. I mean it's, you know, people think he's a wonderful, wonderful man and surely he's and he is a wonderful man. But we know personally that he doesn't Yeah. Yeah, you can do some wonderful things, and but wonderful things doesn't save you. It was the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and you personally receiving that—it's—it's it's important. And if we say, "Well, you know, if, if that's what they believe, then they're—I'll just leave them alone." Uh, we need to earnestly contend for the faith because people are headed towards eternity in hell and they think they're wearing the right clothes. They need someone with childlike faith to say, he's naked, why, why doesn't the king have clothes on? And you realize this, people are gonna like you when you point out that they're not wearing any clothes. You say, what's that have to do? No. I'm using this as an illustration. People are not going to like you when you point out that they've been deceived. Who likes to admit that you did something stupid? I'm not crazy about it. I do stupid things all the time. But it's like, Did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do stupid things on a regular basis. But this is beyond stupid. This is insane. To think you're headed to heaven and you haven't made plans through Jesus Christ to get there. We are to earnestly contend for the faith. Just because people think everything's all right, if you point out that there's a flaw This is another bad illustration, but it's all I can think of at the time. I was remembering this the other day. Uh, back in when I was in elementary school, <clears throat> me and some of the guys watched old, uh, uh, I can't remember what the name of the show was. Right? Oh, it's Captain Video. Anybody remember? Yeah. Early days of TV. This is way before some of you were born. Early days of black and white TV. Captain Video. Now, Captain Video was a rocketeer, and he had a space rocket, and they traveled through the galaxies, and you look back, and I've seen some of the, the things, it was, you could see the strings holding up the imaginary <laughs> rocket, you know, and the smoke billowing up, there's no smoke, and, and, and everything, and, and Captain Video 
was was uh, and Captain Video had a backpack that shot flames out and he could fly with his with his backpack. Anybody remember the name of the evil robot? Yes. Anybody? You don't even remember the show. Well, you weren't born yet. Oh, that's true. You weren't born yet. That's Anybody remember this show at all? No, I did not remember it. Captain Video. Yeah. It was back in the Depression, wasn't it? But back before TV. No, he's in the in the fifties. He's in the fifties. Early fifties. Nineteen fifties. But Captain Video, he had an arch enemy, the evil robot, and it was Tobar, which is robot spelled backwards. <laughs> Tobar attack. You, know, you look it up, look it up, you'll find I'm telling you the truth. Well, Captain Video had this rocket pack. That's the whole point of this story. He had this rocket pack. And flames shot out of it, and he would fly all over the place. Now, me and my buddies, we said, i got to get me one of those. And so, me and my buddies, we got some of those big old number whatever it is, juice cans, big things like that. You know what I'm talking about? And we hollowed it out, and we stuffed newspaper up in there. And we nailed it to a piece of wood, and, and, and we, we, we put straps on it and, and I had it on my back. And I think I'm going to be flying like Captain Video. And I have a buddy that's ready to light that thing up. And my mother came out. Kenneth Charles Keene. You knew you were in trouble when they used the whole name. <laughs> Kenneth Charles Keene, what in the world are you doing? I'm going to fly. <laughs> got my rocket pack. He's going to light it up. He had a match ready. He's going to light it up. I'm going to be flying all over this neighborhood. Oh, wait a minute. And she says, all you're going to do is burn yourself up. <laughs> oh. She said, here, take it off, set it on the ground, and light it and see if it moves. <laughs> Lit that thing up and the whole thing went up. <laughs> Nobody likes to realize how stupid they were. But I was real glad Mom pointed it out. <laughs> we might not have a pastor. <laughs> Determined 
that priests can bless homosexual unions but not solemnize their marriage. And you say, well, what's the difference between them blessing them and solemnizing their marriage? Well, you see, if you're blessed, you can go into a shrine, you can, you can take communion, you can do a number of things. But, they just don't recognize it as being a marriage because a marriage is between a man and a woman. And so you have people thinking, well, the church blesses this homosexual union, doesn't stand against it. I can participate. I just can't do certain things in the church, but I'm living in what others say is sin, but I'm, they're blessing me. What's the harm in that? You're giving them your approval. <clears throat> yeah. Well, didn't he probably marry him first anyway? What? Didn't he probably marry him first anyway? Before he blessed them? No, no, he, he said you cannot marry them. But oh. you can bless them. And a lot of Catholic dioceses are just up in arms over it. Uh, but bending to the pressures of the day. Yeah. I wonder if Jesus blesses those things. Yeah. Now I think he I think he mentions a few places that he condemns that. It's mentioned in the word. Well what's the big deal? The big deal is acceptability yeah, what? Well, how could you bless something if you don't accept it? If they don't accept that they can be married, how can they bless what they're They doing? want to have the doors open. They want to please everyone. Yeah, they want to that. please everyone. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, therefore, there's acceptance. They can be blessed. They can go to confession. They can be blessed. But they cannot be solemnized. And so, rather than have people confronted with the need for repentance and change, my, my, my. Does that mean they can become members of the Catholic Church? No. Well, you've got to be a member of the Catholic Church in order to be saved. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not a relationship with Jesus Christ, obviously. <laughs> It's a relationship with the church. You know, it's it's one of those fine hairline distinctions. I was studying about it before you got here today again, and uh, it, the the scholars are confused because it appears to be acceptance when against the canons of the teaching of the law of the church, it's it's an anathema, it's a curse. Is the Pope related to Joe Biden? <laughs> Let's leave Joe out of it. Let's leave Joe out. Of it. And uh, but uh, but but some people say, "Well, what's the big deal?" 
Well, if you think that you're living in sin and the priest can bless you and you can participate in some areas uh, in your sin, it's not sin anymore, it's blessed. Then you are deceiving people. But you know what? Uh, it's how many of you, uh, with a show of hands, how many of you think that when there's a great white throne judgment, Jesus is going to stand there and say, wait a minute, let's see, were you blessed uh, in your sin? Uh, let's see, should we give him a pass? No, he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So if we don't earnestly contend for the faith, folks, there's a lot of stuff. You say, well, I don't want to get into it with people. Okay. We need to earnestly contend. We could have better contended. We, we, need, to, we need to contend. There's stuff out there that is shaking the very foundations of our faith if we let it. And if you let it go, Ask for the Lord's direction and guidance. Should I keep my mouth shut or should I say something? And uh, uh, you might be surprised. The Lord may have put you into a situation. They were questioning and wondering. And the Lord will give you a seed to plant. That's what I, I pray for every time I do a funeral. Every time I yes. have uh, counseling or whatever. Some people, I was on the phone last week with someone and uh, trying to communicate what the Bible says, not what people say, what the Bible says. And I don't think I made any progress at all. And so after I hung up, I said, Lord, I tried to plant seed. That's all I can do. That's all I can do. When I preach a funeral, there's people there that believe, well, you know, this person was a good person, therefore they're in. I, I'm just as good as they are, therefore I must be in too. And so the deception that is there, I need to plant seed. Amen? I read a lot of scripture because they'll forget my words, but the word of God is <coughs> going to trap them down. Jude told you. 
His brother had a few things to say about this. Amen. <laughs> and he's encouraging people to earnestly contend for the faith. Look at what he says. We've got to move on here. I'm not going to make it through my junior class here. Uh, look at verse 16. He tells about these people that have snuck in. They're spreading this stuff. They're grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts. They mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the prophets of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the Spirit. So, Jude is encouraging us in this brief letter. We have a faith worth fighting for, folks. We have an eternity worth fighting for for somebody else. Yeah, it takes, takes effort. You're going to lose some friends. You're going to have some people that don't want to ask you questions anymore. You're going to have some people that are going to turn their back on you. But wouldn't you rather stand in eternity with Jesus and say, I, there's somebody, there's somebody, there's somebody. They received the seed of the word. I bet, can you imagine Stephen in, in eternity? And He's, he's been up there for some time now. But can you imagine him doing high fives with Saul of Tarsus? Because Saul was there at his trial when Stephen was recounting how everything came down to Jesus being the Messiah. And he was cheering them on when they were stoning him. Can you imagine Stephen walk up and say, Hey, Paul, my man. He says, thank you for sharing that, that kernel of truth that I heard. I didn't want to hear it when I heard it. It just made me mad when I heard you talking about Jesus. And I said it as my mission to put into prison and to kill everybody who taught that. But then I met him on the Damascus Road. And you look at all the times that, that Paul shares a witness... He always brings up Stephen and how he's consenting unto his death. They're having a good time in eternity. I want to have a good time in eternity. Fellowshipping with those that, you know, I was in a funeral service and you you said this and it, it bothered me and I didn't like you for it. Well, that's all right. I'm glad we're talking here. Because that seed can be planted. So, but what is the prayer emphasis that we want to focus on here in the book of Jude? Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. Prayer builds us up in our faith. But you, beloved, 
building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. And when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're talking about praying in through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but also praying guided by the Holy Spirit in our praying. Praying in the Spirit builds us up. How in the world does that happen? What does it mean to... Oh, I got... Wait a minute. Brace yourself. I gave you that one big long word before about earnestly contending. <laughs> I apologize for this, but there's another one. As soon as I find it. Oh, I didn't even write it down. It's so big. Okay. It is... <coughs> Epokazo me o I. You're a better person for knowing this. It mean, means to build upon, to not just build something, but keep building on it. Lay the foundation and building on the foundation. Building on a firm foundation. And uh, how in the world can prayer? Praying in the Holy Spirit. How can that build us up in our most holy faith? It says it can, but how in the world can that be? Because we come into His presence. When you come into your, when any time you come into the presence of God, you're a better person. God does things when you're in His presence. When you're talking to Him. And he's communicating by his Holy Spirit with you and by his word. And those, those times being built up. Why else? How else does praying in the Holy Ghost build us up in our most holy faith? Your spirit's talking directly to the Spirit of God without any physical yeah, no, no disruption, no, uh, no problem communicating. Uh, he understands even our silences sometimes. How I many of you get that plate? You don't know what to pray. You spend time in His presence. You're praying in the Spirit. You're, you're communing Spirit to Spirit. See, God is a Spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. And so when we're communing with the Lord, sometimes... It's not just the words we say or the, the Holy Spirit praying through us. Uh, it's, it's being in that relationship. Uh, I don't know. How many of you have a smartphone? How many of your phones not all that smart? Okay. How many of you have a smartphone? They have new docking stations in airports other places where you do not have to plug in okay no, it's nothing bad it's good you don't have to plug into it you can just stand near it and your phone will charge you just have it's almost as scary as Alexa answering you when you didn't ask anything how many but you can 
of these docking stations and you can just position yourself close to it and your phone can receive a charge. That's, that's scary. It is scary. Well, but in the positive. In the positive. Just being in his presence does something for me. Those times when when we're just in his presence, as the psalmist said, in your presence, fullness of joy, at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. Just being in his presence builds us up in our most holy faith. How else does praying in the Spirit build us up? in our most holy faith. Yeah? It helps me to see things the way that God sees it. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm angry at someone and I go to the Lord and, you know, cry out in the Spirit and everything, it's, He turns it all around and humbles me. Mm -hmm. And I see that person I might be angry with in a different light and He'll give me a word like, you know, kindness. That person needs kindness right now, you know, and, and it really humbles you. When you see it from his perspective, you get close enough to him, you can see things from his perspective. Praying in the Spirit, it builds us up in our most holy faith. And another aspect, when we're praying in the Spirit and we see an answer to our prayer, does that build up your most yes. holy faith? Yes. yes. We, we talked about it before, but oh my goodness. Uh, two weeks ago when Greg Truck came in and shared his testimony, if you missed it, boy, get that get that thing and watch it. Uh, Greg, as we've been praying for him here, <coughs> stage four liver cancer, uh, estimated uh, one to six months to live, and he sent out word for people to be praying. And when I saw him come in, I says, "Boy, he looks good." You know, for all that for. He came in and he says, I'm cancer-free, Pastor. God heard our prayers. I'm cancer-free. It's gone. There's no mark on my liver anymore. There's a big old tumor. It's gone. They want to do more tests, but it's gone. And uh, it reminds me of a story of years ago when I was pastoring in Galleon and one of the one of the guys in the church was, uh, uh, he had a brain tumor. And uh, they said it's inoperable. There's nothing we can do. But they wanted to do surgery and embed tiny pieces of silver in around the tumor so they could mark its growth. They said it's inoperable. If we if we take the tumor out, he's dead. You know, it, it's so ingrained. And so they did this surgery, and they implanted these little markers in there. And uh, I will never ever forget the day when he came running up to my house. We lived just down the street from him. Came running up to my house, and he says, "It's gone." I said, 
What? He says, it's gone. I said, your brain? What? <laughs> Tumor's gone. They took him in for a test to measure the, the movement and the growth, and all they could find was the markers. Oh. Oh. I was ready to pray for somebody right there. <laughs> Building up yourself in your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit. Building up. Uh, it's, you don't get built up all at once. If you've noticed uh, building on things, you start with a foundation and you, you know, you keep building up. You can't build the third story until you build the second, you know. And it's a, it's a progression. And I was thinking about this foundation building us up in our most holy faith. And I, I want to look at some scriptures about building up. And I, boy, as I studied this, yeah, I was going to have you share in a song today, but I'm, I, I ran out of time and it, I couldn't find a good copy. So we'll just have to think about it. Can I get somebody to read Acts 20, 32? Acts 20, 32. Could I see your hand? Wipe the icing off your fingers and raise your hand. Come on now. Okay, Mary Lou's got that. Colossians 2, 4 through 10. Somebody. Okay. Okay, Shauna's got that. Then, okay, we'll go with those first. I've got others, but we'll go with those. Uh, Come on, come on, back, back where we were. Okay. Uh, Acts 20, 32. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Okay, his, the word of his grace, God is able to build you up. And uh, that old uh, Saturday Night Live, I never saw it, but I saw it takeoffs of it, where Hans and Franz, uh, two bodybuilders, we've come to pump you up. We've come to pump you up. And they're all, they're in these inflatable suits, you know, inflatable suits, and they're talking about bodybuilding. God is able to pump you up. He's able to build us up. You say, well, I don't feel that strong. Well, God sees you when he started with you. And he's building. It's, it's a progressive building. Uh, Colossians 4, uh, 2, 4 through 10. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through the philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the word, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Amen. 
He's able to build you up into something special. We, he wants to build us up. It says we are built up when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying into, his, into his, the presence of God. It's a building factor in our lives. It, it builds us up just being in his presence, just praying and talking to him. Have you ever known somebody that just talking to them did something special for you? You know, it, it just some people just brighten your day. They just do something special, just talking. I, I have a dear friend, some of you have met him, and they've been here before, and then Randall Clay. And Randall, Randall and Carolyn. And every once in a while, I'll get a call from Randall, or I'll call him, and we just spend a few moments kidding with each other and and joking and fellowshipping and sharing different things. And uh, uh, when I get done with those comments, I just feel so much better. It just, you know, when we're, it builds me up. And that's the way it is when we're talking with the Lord, praying in the Spirit. We're built up. We're strengthened. The foundation is Jesus Christ. And we build on that relationship. We've been saved, but we don't just stay with the foundation. We want to build it up. Uh, if you have one of these hymnals, one of the hymns of glorious praise, I was, I was looking this up and I, I couldn't find a good copy of somebody singing this. I remember growing up in a Methodist church and this is one of those great old songs and we, were, we would all be standing with our hymnal and the pipe organ is playing and uh, there's several hundred people there. It, sanctuary seated about a thousand but, but uh, maybe 800 there and everybody's singing out the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord. It's 164 in this one. forgot to tell you. 164. She is his new creation by water and the blood and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her and for her life he died. Somebody read the second verse for me. Who'll do that? 164. Brown cover. There's one down there. 164. Anybody? I'll read it. Okay, she'll read it, and then you'll, you'll be ready for the third. Okay. Okay. Elect from every nation, yet one or all the earth, her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth, one holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food, and to one hope she presses with every grace endued. Mid toil and tribulation, in tumult of her war, she waits the consummation of peace forevermore. 
till with the vision glorious her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. Mm -hmm. Yet she on earth hath union with God the three in one, and mystic sweet communion with those whose rest is one. O happy ones and holy, Lord, give us grace that we, like them, the meek and lowly, on high may dwell with thee. We're a part of something bigger than us. We're a part of the same church. The foundation is Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone. We build off of him and his word. And we're building up together. And we're being built up in our most holy faith. As we communicate with him and he by the spirit communicates with us. We are being built up. Praying in the Holy Spirit. On the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. The, the foundation is what's firm. And we need to earnestly contend for the faith. If you're walking by a, a building, there's so much building going on around here. Uh, you walk by a house and you see them building, they've got the foundation laid. And then what would you, what would you think if you saw... You have the foundation over here, and then over here, somebody just starts putting up walls, and there's no foundation underneath it. Might you think that's a little strange? Yes. And it's going to fall. What did Jesus say about not having a good foundation? Somebody built their house upon the sand. No foundation. He says, there are those that don't base their life on my words, but those the person built on the rock, when those who hear these words of mine and do them are like the one who built his house upon a rock. He dug down a rock-solid foundation, and he built it up, and every storm can hit it, it's going to stay. Because it was built upon a rock. Church is one foundation. It's not our teachings and our this. It's founded on Jesus Christ and His Word. And doing what He said to do. Living how He said to live. The foundation stone. Well, we've made it through. All the way to the book of Jude. And we're not going to do this again until next year. Because next week we we don't have the year. And we'll start off the new year on that first Wednesday and we'll finish up our lengthy study of prayer by the book. Every book of the Bible, principles of God's Word, and I hope it's been a valuable thing. Yes. And I believe I've, I've been built up by it. How about yes, you? Build up, praying in the Holy Spirit. Prayer request today. We want to pray for our unsaved loved ones. Yes. Some of you will have opportunity over these holidays perhaps to be around some. 
be corresponding or communicating with them, uh, friends in the hospital, things such as that, uh, that the Lord would help us to earnestly contend for the faith. Recognize some people aren't going to like it. But that's okay. They'll like it one day if they receive Jesus. They'll love you for it later. Unspoken. Unspoken requests, situations that need God's intervention. Yes. You know, I want to pray for a governor about he's going to be Let's go to prayer right now, 
and uh, lift up these needs. Uh, they're still probably in the midst of that court hearing that we mentioned earlier. Appreciate your prayers about that. Can we have several lead us out in a word of prayer right now? Father God, I thank you this morning for your favor for Trinity, for your blessing that rests upon this church, that we're able to bless the community through our outreach programs, through dispersing of food and prayer on Saturday, to distributing blankets to the homeless, for a man who has a passion for the homeless, Lord God. And we just thank you for the opportunity to bless our community, to be a part of it. Father God, we just continue to ask for your favor, that you would continue to bless us. I thank you for this congregation of Trinity and their faithfulness and giving that allows us to, to bless others, to bless this community, to bless our missionaries. Thank you, Father God, for your children. We just thank you, Lord God, for, uh, for this opportunity that is ours. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name today. Lord, I thank you for Becky's love for her granddaughter. I pray, Lord, that that you will move in a mighty way to protect her. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, that her home situation, Lord, you can make this stuff um, absolutely bitter. I I just pray that you will move and, and work a miracle there and just protect Sophia. She is your child. And she loves you. And she is a witness. And she just is such a precious little one. We ask, Lord, that you will protect her. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we do praise you for foundation in Jesus Christ that we have. We praise you, Father God, for the fact that just being in your presence and talking to you and you to us builds us up in our most holy faith. We pray, Father, for the needs that have been mentioned. We give you praise for the the tumor that disappeared. We ask, Father, that you would just open that individual's eyes to what a blessing. We pray for the healings that are needed for Patsy's sister, for uh, the various situations of people needing a a healing touch. For the unspoken requests, those situations that are us knowing about it wouldn't help, but you knowing about it is the help we need. We invite your presence into those situations. For a variety of things that are going on around about us. 
Help us to earnestly contend for our faith. We realize that souls are in jeopardy. Eternities are in question. Help us to stay the course and earnestly contend for the faith. We ask, Father God, your blessing upon the children's ministry as they rehearse on Friday night and as they share with us this musical about the season Saturday evening. Father, we pray for healing for each one of the kids that's been ill, that you'll help them to put it all together and be able to be a ministry and a blessing to us. We thank you for all the efforts of those that have worked with them. We pray for this coming Lord's Day for our gathering together here, that as we retell the story and we sing the songs of the season, that Father God, that you'll stir hearts to realize that Jesus truly is the reason for this season. Send us out rejoicing today, Father. It's been good to have been in your house together. We've been built up by praying in the Holy Spirit. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.